Welcome, Pathfolk, to the Find the Path Ventures actual play of the War for the Crown Adventure Path. Dun, dun, dun. Now we're back yeah. above ground, and the War for the Crown is officially kicked off, according to Rick. That's yeah. true. And Martella, I guess. Yeah. It's one of those things where you get, like, you know, in our case, it's 30 episodes in, but uh, it's one of those things where you, like, you play a, the tanker level um, for Metal Gear 2, mm. the entire thing, and you're mm-hmm. like, I've been playing this game for, like, three hours or something like that and then it finally pops up the title screen i was like yep. Jesus. <laughs> oh god <laughs> is it also one. like day four of the adventure yeah. for us yeah, give I think so, yes. yeah something like that yeah we haven't gotten so, to a week yet that's for sure not even a full week you guys you guys had a couple of days at the end of the week you'll have to start paying for your own hotel oh, okay. oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> heaven forbid <laughs> but yeah, I suppose to jump back in, we'll welcome back everyone. Um, as we had left our heroes off last time, the Noble Scions, the party had successfully rescued their friend, their childhood friend and uh, current friend, Lady Martella Lothied from the clutches of the Brotherhood of Silence, where she had been captured and uh, held, uh, tortured and interrogated down beneath the city streets of Opara. In her own hideout, no less. In her yeah. own hideout, yeah. in her own home. No, none of you even asked her why she had all those chains in the walls. But, you know, a lady deserves to have her secrets. There, there yeah. are some things better left unanswered. Well, she did say she would, you know, lay out as many secrets to us as we can. But you know what? There are some things I'm comfortable not knowing. <laughs> her personal procli- proclivities, proclivities are fine. Yeah. According to the book, the bootleggers who dug out this ruin to open this artificial cavern as a place to store their unwilling workers. And Martella Ooh. decided with some reluctance to retain the manacles. Uh, sadly, the Brotherhood of Silence uh, adapted the chamber into an interrogation room. Yeah, I have a feeling those are going down <laughs> shortly yeah. thereafter. Probably. Yeah, Probably. I think she she was uh, like. I mean, nah, I think I think that place is burned. Yeah, true. Uh, totally. I mean, fair. But yes, you'd rescued Martelli. You had taken her out of there and then to the Gilded Griffin, where you had the chance to uh, basically debrief with Lady Gloriana Marilla. At which point, you had spent uh, the two days that had followed, uh, the, well, basically the day that had followed, preparing new spells, learning new things, uh, catching up with family members, identifying magical items. Mm-hmm. Now that you have some cool. idea of what your uh, cool artifact, well, quasi artifacts, your the relics, relics. Do, before you'd met back up with Martella the following day. Uh, wherein she basically said, uh, hey, thanks for all of your help. I didn't really, you know, no offense, but the the profile that I had kind of built on all of you didn't really assume that you could do the butt kick inside of this. So, uh, I mean, it was a fair assumption. True. <laughs> for some of us, maybe not. Like some of us. Yes. Yeah, some of us. I mean, we get trained. Well, I mean, it's a difference between like all, almost every noble is trained. If you're an aristocrat, you're trained in like all martial weapons and like heavy armor and all the rest of that stuff. Mm, that's true. But even if you're trained with it, it doesn't necessarily mean like you yeah, Verity's over there, not skipping leg and arm day while she's doing <laughs> chest stuff and everything else. <laughs> like, well, I didn't realize that you ran three miles every morning. Apparently you know? that's <laughs> so, the thing that Verity does. Yeah. I didn't know until recently, but that was yeah. what Verity did. Either that or it's amazing genes that keep that 17 strength or whatever the heck it is you it's have. That, that is the benefit of not having inbreeding. Mm, <laughs> uh, the Christina's not inbreed as much. I, I, I feel uh, uh, I feel 
personally attacked. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was the intent. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, not you specifically. It was just a comment on nobility. Most of Taldor's nobility. Mm-hmm. You're all cousins, so take that for what you will. Yes. However distant. Martella had then talked to all of you and basically told you that uh, if you're still interested in aiding the princess, that she has agreed to uh, meet up with you later. Sure. However, uh, unfortunately, she's not going to be able to uh, pay any of you um, as... Unfortunately, as you had learned, the Ulfengard have basically closed down the entirety of the palatial estate that should be Eutropius, um, mm-hmm. or whoever the Grand Prince is after this, yeah. until this whole quote-unquote war for the crown thing is resolved. Which doesn't sound like it's going to be, uh, you know, this week or even this month it gets resolved yeah. based on uh, <laughs> early reports. Yeah, check back in 200 episodes where you guys have like the end of uh, a new hope thing where it's just Princess Eutropia <laughs> putting medals around your neck. I want one of those empty Senate seats. That's what I'm going to need. So let's say which one of us ends up being the Chewbacca, I wonder. That's true. Mm. Felix, because I'm already a cleric. I don't I don't need another medal. <laughs> so thanks, I've got enough, actually. You're like, I'll take that reward in gold, please. Yes. <laughs> yeah, as we had left off the group, we're sitting in a very comfortable, cozy corner of this uh, this spacious downstairs room, the kind of the common room area. High vaulted ceilings, wallpapered around in burgundy. Uh, this massive, as I described, fireplace off to the side. Not currently lit, but just massive fireplace. Uh, wonderful paintings over the surrounding walls depicting the various uh, noble lords and ladies that had stayed here stayed here in time past, as well as uh, pastoral scenes of the, uh, the beautiful Taldane landscape across the surrounding walls. Sitting in these over plush chairs and couches. Those things where you sit down and then your feet almost leave the floor because you sink so far into the couch. Oh, wow. <laughs> that type of couch. Mm. A table in the center here, one of the brass chatterboxes that Martella is so fond of, uh, her own creation, mm-hmm. sitting on there uh, chirping quietly, obscuring your conversation from any of the other people in here. Although most of the people in here are self-absorbed nobles too uh, busy. <laughs> Um, and I don't know why my brain immediately went to smelling their own farts, but <laughs> you know, I've heard that as an insult before. So, but mm. too busy off to the side having their own conversations to really pay any attention to yours. We love it. Martella lays a map out on the table, a uh, a beautiful map of uh, of all of Taldor, much akin to the uh, the map that came with the map pack for the adventure path, War for the Crown. <laughs> Rolled out in front of all Convenient. of you. Convenient. Yeah, there's a little, there's a little treant in the Bruden Forest up there. Hmm. It's Tuskel. Oh well, God. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> is it called? Is it called Blackwood Moot? No. Although that does mark where the Blackwood Moot like is. Like just but, crush yes. Opara like any <laughs> uh, Yeah, no, it's like it's like basically Golly. the size of Opara on the map. I'm more concerned about the spider. And so it's the biggest yeah, yeah, spider. No. Uh, and the world's biggest farmer off to the side. <laughs> that's the giant, giant farmlands. Yes. Bigger than the cloud horse giant that's farmer. lower there, yeah. Not just a giant. He's actually a titan. He's a titan farmer. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Come down from the mountains. No, well, I remember bad. the titans. <laughs> uh, but she unfurls this map. Places the uh, the tea bowl full of uh, or the bowl full of all the uh, sugar cubes on one corner of it and like lays down a dagger on the other corner. All the rest of that stuff to keep it unrolled in front of mm. all of you. As she had uh, shared just a few moments ago, uh, however, at the end of the last episode, so maybe a week ago for everyone listening, that as of right now, there are 15 claimants to the throne of Taldor. Wow. And we all scan for our family's names. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. And probably all of them are on there to some degree yeah. or another. Surprisingly, no. None of oh. your family's names are actually currently good on job, there. family. Hey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shocking. I mean, it is like day In two. a good way. Well, we're pretty minor nobles, honestly. Most of us. <laughs> Oliver's sitting there like, speak for yourself. We're the Lords of White March. <laughs> uh, okay, except for Oliver, everyone else. You, you see that big cordoned off uh, white section down there? That's us. <laughs> yeah, and my brother is a paladin and the head at the head of our family. I don't think he wants to be emperor. Mm. He has well, an no, issue with being no, senator. No one would abide abide the caster on the throne. <laughs> yeah, no the casters aren't gonna do it. Ooh. They'd be like, "Oh, you're going to sell us out to Chiliax?" Ah, <laughs> like, uh, no. Actually, no, we're going to attack Chiliax. That would be the first thing Ramillard would do. <laughs> and war. Um, <laughs> we're ending one war to start another. But she unfurls this map, uh, takes a second, sips at her tea. All right, so I suppose uh, I should let you know what you're getting into. Hmm. As of the moment, there are 15 claims made for the throne by various nobles, claiming either relations to the Stavian line or a political right. Hmm. Eight of these carry weight. All right. That helps. Various nobles and politickers have already begun arguing for their chosen chosen scion. Of course, the two candidates with the greatest claim are Princess Eutropia, hmm. the obvious heir. Obviously. Assuming that they allow for uh, the law that was passed to actually go into effect. Which is the problem. Unfortunately, while it was passed through the Senate, it was not ratified by the Emperor. Meaning that, technically speaking, until there is a head of the nation of Taldor, it can't be ratified. That is a bit of a problem. Extraordinarily frustrating. Well, and that would mean that everyone knows that Eutropia technically cannot inherit. Again, technically correct. The situation is unprecedented. (laughs) That being said... The next most likely claimant to the throne is the High Strategos, Maxillar Pytherius. According to himself, in a document that he has produced and provided a copy to Princess Eutropia, the Grand Prince formally adopted him five days ago. Mm. Is there any way to prove the authenticity of this document? There are witnesses that are on hand that do uh, verify it, including the head of the Orphan Guard. However, even were he adopted, he would still have to be formally recognized by the Tauding Senate. Mm. Which he was not. Thankfully. Well, do they have some sort of emergency law that can do a gathering when there's not all the seats filled? The Senate can be called into session at any time. The problem is, is that for this to actually pass, he does not need a majority. He needs an overwhelming majority. Mm. Is that for legal reasons or for political a little of both, but legally speaking, yes. And not all of them are in favor of him. Well, and there are literally not enough living senators to actually reach a majority because it is not a majority of the senators present. It's a majority of the 222 Senate seats. And we're ah, missing wow. 78. So they that... would likely need all of them to agree. Even if all of them agreed, it couldn't pass. They don't it's have the numbers. There are not enough living people. And it's never been a problem before because the Grand Prince can assign Senate seats. But now the seats can't be filled. Well, of those that died, how many have have their titles passed hereditarily? <laughs> the short answer is a vast majority of them. Hmm. The long answer is they cannot take their Senate seat until they're sworn in by the Emperor. And there's no Emperor. So all of this oh. comes down to all of the procedures and policies that were 
running the Senate and would be useful at this time require a living emperor to actually work. I think what it really comes down to is this becomes much more about political or potentially military, hopefully not, but potentially power, because often when laws break down or can't be enacted, it's power that matters. Correct. And such as that, everyone is assuming that uh, might makes right, I believe would be the terminology. Mm. Well, and money. In short, there are two options presented right now, considering Utropia and Pythereus. Even if there are six other people that have a decent claim, there's no way that that's, it's going to come down to anyone but the princess and the Grand Strategos. Getting those who also have claims to back one or the other would be a good move. Mm, true. As far as Eutropia is concerned, technically speaking, she cannot inherit the throne without the passage of the repeal of Primogeniture. However, there is nothing in Taldane law that actually states that you cannot become the Grand Prince or Princess in her case, if you're a woman. Ah, she just can't inherit it. All right. Well, and I'm imagining we have no laws similar to Andorin that would allow for some type of vote. Oh, the populace good or something Lord, like that. man. Voting. That Outside would be the a Senate. rather simpler solution in this uh, particular circumstance. Considering the talk on the streets, even if we had that, the Grand Stratigos would win. Yeah. I, I get that you're uh, uh, more revolutionary ideals there, uh, Cornelius, but that would be discussing the idea of overturning the very concept of having a prince or a royal family or a line oh, of, of inheritance, which is, uh, I think, a little bit too... Too much change at once. Well, it would cause even more chaos than we're probably already looking at. And so as far as the High Strategos is concerned, the adoption won't be recognized, which means he can't be recognized as the heir. So he can't inherit either. He is still related to the Stavian line. So while he cannot directly inherit, he could still feasibly be appointed. Eventually someone will have to be. So I suppose we should discuss who's currently in the running. Yes. Eutropia is obviously one of the top picks, as well as Pytherius. I don't suppose I really need to get into Eutropia. You're all rather familiar with her. And some of the rumors we were able to overhear yesterday regarding her public opinion, shall we say? I would not let that color you as much. The opinion of the commoners in Opara against Eutropia have been widely colored by their connection to the nobility. Hmm. Eutropia is rather widely adored or loved by many of the common people in the more provincial areas mm. of Taldor. Those who's have actually benefited directly from her attempts at aiding the infrastructure of the nation, repairing the reputation that the nation has suffered for, pushing for freedom of uh, travel between Kadira and Taldor and Andorin and Taldor. The other claimants include Thestro of House Briarsmith, she points a finger down towards the map. He is the Grand Duke of Porthmos. Any of those, if you wish, may make me an ultra nobility. Get ready to make a couple of these. Yep. <laughs> yep. Ah, a three for an 11. I don't know that guy. Uh, seven for a 17. Gwen rolls a one for a 14. She doesn't know squat. Yeah, me too. Uh, eight for an 18. Oliver rolls a 14 for a 26. Okay. I mean, they do barely border your That's family's true. territory. So. Technically, yeah, that is true. Oh, gods. Briar mm. Smith, you're sure? <laughs> Technically speaking, he does actually have a claim to the throne. Well, oh. Oliver's reaction inspires great oh, confidence. <laughs> I take he's it he's an unpleasant individual. Known as a sadistic, ruthless ruler. Oh. 
Oh, lovely. He operates the Porthmost Prison, one of the largest prisons in the country, over at Edgeside Keep that overlooks the Whistling Plains. He incarcerates his political enemies here uh, alongside actual criminals, um, usually without so much as any official charges. Hmm. Terrifying man. All right, so we don't like him. He is a third cousin to Prince Stavian III. And so does have a claim by blood. All right. The next is Marcion of House Cyrus, Count of South Lingane. Uh, again, anyone that wishes to make a knowledge nature, or knowledge nature, knowledge nature, he's a centaur. Okay, I'm here to change my knowledge of the face. I'm here for our centaur emperor. Yeah, centaur emperor, please. Welcome our centaur overlords. Um, let's see, Verity rolls an 8 for a 16. Uh, Cornelius rolls a 16 for a 26. Gwen rolls a 12 for a 25. Uh, Felix got a 12 for a 22. And Oliver rolls a 15 for a 27. Man, Oliver. Dang, Oliver. They're all right down there near you. Oliver's much more social than the rest of us, clearly. Well, they're they're the outside of the country. I thought Briar Smith was bad enough. Seriously. Yes. Gods. Count Cyrus is uh, known for one of the most corrupt local governments, even by, let us say, average levels of corruption. (laughs) By the metric of average levels of corruption. How are these people still in charge? From what I understand, he turns a blind eye to larger criminal enterprises, such as smuggling, to, uh, you know, enhance his coffers, as it were. Mm -hmm. However, he does crack down most efficiently on small-time bandits. Those who are desperate enough to commit crimes, not profit from it. But yes, he provides a number of drugs and other illicit pleasures and diverts public resources away from any organization that could stop him, including local law enforcement. How dare he drain the coffers of infrastructure for this? (laughs) Technically speaking, his line is not, or his connection is not by blood. It's actually by political uh, association. His wife is a cousin to the Stavian line. Hmm. Does that give him the same rights in terms of inheritance, though? It's a less strong claim than uh, Thestro, but it still puts him in the running. Hmm. Because his wife can't inherit for the same problems Eutropia has. Correct. But it's not a blood connection directly. Hmm. Either way, both of these candidates seem absolutely awful. That would be Hmm. terrible for Taldor. Well, I didn't suppose that anyone who would try to make such overt claims... We're going to be the most upstanding of citizens. Well, I certainly understand the um, the bad name that the nobility has garnered for itself, hearing about these two. <laughs> yeah. This all yeah. makes sense now. Yes. Oh, I was well, wondering wait, why they kept talking uh, trash about us. There's what, uh, <laughs> six more? Yep. Uh, technically four terrible. more, because uh, two of those are Eutropia and uh, Pythagoras. Oh, oh, true, true. Okay. Yeah. All right, who else? The next is a name that some of you are probably going to be a bit more familiar with. Boran of House Hescalar, Grand Duke of Karas. Oh. Um, all of you, of course, somewhat passingly familiar with House Hescalar, considering that uh, one of the scions of House Hescalar had been there that uh, that magical summer. Yeah, we had that um, with 25 years ago. Yeah. A girl, right? Uh, yes, a young lady. Any of those of you wish, however, may make me a knowledge nobility. Uh, Verity gets a 13 for a 21. Uh, Cornelius rolls a 9 for a 19. Gwen rolls a 13 for a 26. Uh, Felix got a 4 for a 14. Oliver got a 6 for an 18. Karis is getting a little closer to the uh, the Tandak province. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Ah. I I don't think that the Grand Duke Heskalar is quite as bad as the others. Um, he seems the to mostly be popular with commoners and whatnot. And, but uh, he did take a dwarven wife, so a mm. lot of the uh, 
Fair more enough. conservative, uh, more traditional of us. Uh, of us nobles don't seem to uh, like it too much. Mm. Oh, plus he can't have a child, so there is that. It would be a short line. Mm. They can always adopt. Mm, in the grand scheme enough. of things, that might be a good thing. Mm. Well, in the grand scheme of things, we, we want our girl to win. There is also the, of course, obvious, Max Lar of House Pytherius, Duke of Zamar, High Strategos of Taldor. Mm-hmm. We're familiar, yes. <laughs> as far as his strengths are concerned, Maxilar Pytherius is an extraordinarily popular war hero, current leader of the Empire's military, distant cousin by marriage to the Stavian line, Grand Prince Stavian III's right hand, and a fanatical supporter of the throne. Mm-hmm. Of course, against him is his belief in political might and economic stability through military supremacy and advocating for new wars of conquest against wayward colonies like Andoran and Chiliax, as well as escalating tensions with Kadira. He yes. is, of course, the most troublesome of the claimants. But again, he does have a somewhat weaker connection since it's not a blood connection. It is true. Without the Senate recognizing his adoption and proclaiming him heir, he technically doesn't have any stronger of a claim than any of the others. He's just far more popular. Yes. Mm. And his uh, military experience might work well if it does come to open conflict. Not just that, but the fact is, is that he is beloved by his soldiers. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, there wasn't a person in the phalanx who disliked him. And he's well known for fighting for veterans and fighting for support for the military. And as such, if push were to come to shove, right now the entirety of the Taldane Phalanx and horse and um, all of her armed forces currently still answer to the High Strategos. Mm. Next is Destalita of House Solari, Grand Duchess of Lagos. Mm. She points down to another province uh, closer towards uh, White March um, <clears throat> and Lingen and basically that whole area of uh, claimants down there. Uh, yeah. Again, anyone that wishes to make an alternate ability may do so. Mm. Four for a 12. Natural one for an 11. Mm. Gwen rolls a 14 for a 28. Uh, Felix got an 18 for 28. And Oliver rolls a 13 for a 25. That's like your neighbor. Destalita has only been in her position for, what, four years, I think? And only because her predecessor, Grand Duke Euston Varieteros, was charged with treason? Uh, Oh. Yes. Um, Why? So there's some uh, drama there? <laughs> then what is her claim? What is her tie? She is a blood relation to the Stavian line. Mm. Mm. Moreover, she has a reputation. Whether real or imagined, it is believed by many of the many of the noble lines that she could find evidence of wrongdoing against you. And uh, you may also be charged with treason. Oh, curious. I've heard that the veracity of the former Grand Duke's charges are in doubt by many. Ah, conniving. Yes. Extremely. Which makes her quite the uh, dangerous foe. Mm. While many are here just grabbing for power or wealth, she seems to be far more politically ambitiously motivated. So now for the, um, I don't have a polite way to say this, the oddballs. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. I think, I, I think we all understand what you mean there. The first is one that I believe some of you are actually familiar with. Tanesha of House Starborn. Oh, gosh, I do mm. love her. Marquess of Wispel. Mm. Um, again, any of you may make a uh, 
knowledge nobility pertaining towards the gnome senator. <laughs> I was going to say, didn't uh, Verity meet her? Yeah. <laughs> she didn't seem like she would want this, to be honest. I only rolled a seven, uh, a seven for a 15. So I only know what I know from meeting her. Uh, Cornelius yeah. rolls a 17 for a 27. Wow. Gwen rolls a five for an 18. Uh, Felix only got a four for a 14. And Oliver rolls an eight for a 20. Okay. Well, Marquez Starborn obviously has no blood claim to the throne, but the Treaty of the Wildwood does give independent authority and a legal claim. Mm, that's correct. Yes, I didn't think about that. Man, Jessica's yes. heart would love that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's not where we're going, but that seems so cool. She does have a strong connection with the Fae Courts. Well, and it's also unlikely she wants the throne. She was of staunch intent to support Princess Eutropia. And she claim. also didn't seem like she much liked um, the paperwork and red tape and bureaucracy that comes with being a noble, much yes. less. But because of her popularity amongst the Fae, it's not surprising that they may have made the claim for her, despite mm. her she was intentions. Tanesha has already sent a letter of apology to Princess Eutropia. <laughs> oh, I love her. That's oh, very kind of her. Well, I can only yeah. assume that her people have already initiated these claims for her. Mm. Possibly because they want her to be the leader of Taldor, or possibly with gnomes. It's quite possible they just find it amusing. Mm. They just might want to see how far she can go. That's true. Or, or maybe they might be looking for further um, negotiations in strength for the Blackwood Moot or the Northern Viridian Forest to mm. simply see whether or not they can get certain allowances for the uh, Lady Starborn stepping down from the running. Ah. Uh, hmm. And maybe some help getting that giant treant out of there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's been terrifying <laughs> people for years. <laughs> no, no. They're going to send the giant treant after us if we don't make her empress. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, it is a clever way to go about it. It is quite clever. You are correct. It is mm. quite clever. And if it yes. if it pays off for them, then it would be beneficial. But in the meantime, unfortunately, it is muddying the water. Mm. It does make her a bit of a political rival, whether she intends it or not. Though potentially easily removed Persuaded, and swayed, yes. yes. It is just a matter of what costs they would ask in return for their support. But mm -hmm. that is up for debate, I'm sure, negotiations. Yes. I think that's going to be with pretty much everyone. <laughs> True. The last claimant is Aldean of House Vort, the Baron of Blackwood Swamp. No! Wait, we don't <laughs> like him, right? What? Uh, anyone that wishes to may make me an alt nobility. Is he the okay. one that was like Sounds awful? Familiar. We hate him? Sorry, I'm, I'm uh, You confusing. haven't met him, I don't believe. But... Okay. No, no, I mean, like, sorry, I was thinking from House Corsino's point of view. Um, anyway. The river pirates and all that stuff. <sighs> Travel at 8 for 16. Cornelius rolls a 10 for a 20. Gwen rolls a 19 for a 32. Nice. Uh, Felix also gets a 10 for a 20. And Oliver rolls a 17 for a 29. So Verity doesn't really know. Uh, all so the rest weird. of you do. <laughs> well, like in my backyard. I, to be fair, the reason that it is the quote unquote kind of joke thing is they're kind of the closest you get to nobility yokels. Oh, oh no. Ouch. Yeah, that sounds like people Verity would quickly forget. Who is this? Is this person useful? No, okay. Oh boy. Well, he's very popular here in Opara. He supports the Kith and the Opera, but his people have a rather notorious dislike of him. He has a habit of using their taxes to fund his extravagant lifestyle oh. and hasn't been seen in his own lands for over five years. That's why I don't know him. <laughs> right. I was wondering who this person was. That's like my backyard. 
<laughs> yeah, he leaves it to most of his cousins, isn't yes. that right? Oh my uh, quite a large number of them. <laughs> All of that, notwithstanding. Estrophe, Eutropius' mother, was a cousin of the same family line. So technically speaking, he has a tenuous relationship, um, but enough <sighs> for him to put his name forward. Legally speaking, he has a stronger claim than some of the others. That being said, I wonder how much of his putting his name forward is just for the clout that gives him in the social circles here at Opara. Oh my god. So potentially another one who could be persuaded. One can only hope. After that, uh, House Q of White March, uh, which is a subsidiary house, uh, basically a vassal house of uh, the Darhans. House Lossus of uh, Oparos. House Mercander of Avon. House Nerezi of Karis. House Fabian of... She kind of paid just her notes real quick. Yes, Oparos as well. South, southern Oparos. Mm. House Finney, which have a tiny stretch of land near Stormwatch in Karis. Mm. All right. And House Tarek, uh, which have a very small holding in Porthmos, have all also laid claims to the throne. I see. However, those are, even considering the tenuous connections I've already provided you for the others, these are far less powerful families. So in the long run, probably less of a concern, but in the short term, they still could be a problem. As it stands right now, unfortunately, uh, the political landscape is difficult. Someone in almost every province is making a claim. Not surprising. Eutropia has a great deal of support in most of the Tandak province, as well as Kazun, where she's well-loved, and throughout most of the Viridian River provinces. Mm. Uh, not in the Viridian southern or northern portions, but along the river. She is also particularly well-liked in the northern Tandak province. Fair enough. That makes sense. However, Pytherius has almost the entirety of the south. Yes. Mm. And the eastern portion of the Tandak province. This is only the bare minimum amount of information I have right now. Word is only now getting out pertaining towards the, the massacre. So it will be some time before we actually know. Where Still very good stands. work, though. I try. As such, we will likely need to put all of you to use quite soon. I haven't determined exactly yet where your talents will be best served. As soon as you do, we'll go wherever you need us. I should hope so. <laughs> I know all of you outrank me, but I should hope that uh, my position near Utropia means that you'll listen to me. I don't think we have to stand on ceremony here. This is just a giant mess, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Well, and this is also early days before any more drastic moves may have been. I imagine people will rally support and forces before things get truly nasty. Things will have to solidify. I don't like that there's activity at the border. That's that's a very convenient way to say, oh, well, we must have a leader now, and it should be somebody who's good at the military, because obviously Kadir is attacking us. It feels very convenient. Could be. Kadir has been quiet for quite some time. Martella, do you think the High Strategos knew what was going to happen? Had any idea that this was going on? Or did he think he was just going, that the vote would pass and then Stavian would pull a haha, I adopted the, I adopted Pytherius and all of this is for nothing? Martella steeples her fingers, closes her eyes for a long moment. No, I disagree with almost everything Pytherius stands for. 
but when I talked to the princess, she seems convinced that he would have had nothing to do with it. To that man, honor is everything. He would not have abided by something this unlawful, let alone gone along with this idea when he'd secured his adoption Mm -hmm. and was next in line for the throne. It would make no sense. It would have been a reckless move. That being said, the man is motivated purely by his honor and his personal views. And he, I'm certain, thinks that not only is he the ideal candidate, but perhaps even the destined next ruler of Taldor. I did get that impression somewhat when I spoke to him. He does want to do what is right for Taldor. The problem is is that what he thinks is right for Taldor is the only answer in his mind. And to be honest, what he thinks is right for Taldor is likely wrong for every other nation in the inner sea. Well, it could also be bad for us. The loss of life of campaigns against Kadira or Cheliax would be immense. Well, campaigning doesn't mean you win. Do you remember that story he told us that summer about how you should never show mercy and destroy all of your foes? Yes. Vaguely. That's exactly what we need in a ruler, isn't it? And unfortunately, and I would let this sink in, that is exactly what we have in an opponent right now. Mm-hmm. Pytherius wouldn't abide using the Brotherhood of Silence. He wouldn't abide hiring foreign mercenaries. He would do it himself. If he were going to do it, he would do it himself. And even if he were going to do something like that, he wouldn't have invited Andorin and Chilish and Galton assassins to murder Taldane nobles on the sacred floor of the Senate. I cannot see this in his personality. And I'm a pretty good judge of personality, at least. Yes, that does feel like the prince, though... Maybe not the prince by himself. There's no way Stavian made all of these deals 100% completely by himself. It's just not possible. He had someone helping him. It could very well have been the Ulfengard. They're supposed to do whatever they're told, and they wouldn't be ratting him out at this point. It's true. Though it's also a moot point, as regardless of whoever hired them, we now have larger concerns as to the future of the country. It's moot unless... That person is still active and actively attempting just to cause chaos in Taldor. It could have been nobility that Stavian promised something, and it may very well be one of these people that are now just vying for the throne without him. Hmm. Because I also don't imagine that Stavian imagined he was going to die this evening. No, he got hit by a stray crossbow bolt. I don't know, although it might not have even been stray. Somebody might have done it intentionally. Exactly, that's what I mean, is that it may not have been stray. Maybe somebody else had some plans on top of Stavian's plans. Or they merely saw an opportunity and took it. If I may, all of these are quite viable, and I would keep an eye out and an ear out for both. But as it stands right now, we have more than enough enemies that we know of to uh, focus on a possible enemy that we don't. You make a good point. The princess is to give a speech tomorrow. From what I can gather, this will be a long conflict. But I think together, really when we look at all of these other options, everyone else that's on the table, there are only two major contenders. We just have to make certain that Utropia comes out on top. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Pytherius will not back down, but some of these others may. Unfortunately, it means we may need to play the game of politics and convince (laughs) some of these others that Utropia being in charge and them receiving, shall we simply say, benefits for backing her may be our best bet. Hmm. 
Yes. It's a good strategy. Turn our enemies into allies. What is the old saying? Sick the wolf on the tiger and the hunter's work is done. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that one. Nice. Uh, Though you're still left with a wolf. The wolf will be weaker at that point, I suppose. Although truly, do we think a wolf could beat a tiger? Sorry, but this is not the point. <laughs> or the tiger will be weaker at that point, regardless. Mm -hmm. Where should we be tomorrow and when? If you wish to meet me at the base of the Tal of the Taldane Senate, I want to be there, of course, for Utopia's speech. Of well, we should also be on guard. We should, but I think it's unlikely anyone's going to make any uh, major moves. Probably. Oh, actually, I should mention this to you, though. Mm. I did receive a nice... Um, she reaches into a pocket, pulls out a letter. I did receive a nice uh, letter here mm. uh, from the Brotherhood of Silence. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. That apologizes for the mistreatment I may have received at their hands and has informed us that they have canceled the contract. That seems is... a convenient way to get out of responsibility for what they did. Wild. But why? Because they don't want to deal with the heat, I imagine. Well, and if Utropia is going to be the next in charge, they don't want Utropia... To decide to eradicate them. Yes. Maybe we should have thought about that sooner. Well, I'm hey. not going to forget, but for the time mm. being, it does mean that uh, I don't think that I'm in any further danger, and I don't think any of you should be looking over your shoulder for the Brotherhood of Silence. Mm. It would also seem to be prudent on their part to just stay out of the fighting. Of course. Until it is a foregone conclusion who is going to be the next Emperor or Empress. Correct. So, so tell Dane. Oh my <laughs> God. We've like, sent you a letter. I apologize for trying to murder you. Here's a discount code for five gold off of your next job. Oh God. <laughs> God. Just five gold. Just five. Oh, man. Yes, just we five. captured just and nothing. tortured you and all the rest of that, and you killed our members, and we're just going to call it all quits. We'll call yeah, it a wash. Even, it's fine. Yeah. Jeez. However, I will meet you there tomorrow. Uh, we'll get together after the speech and afterwards the princess wants to entertain you. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. I haven't seen Utropia in far too long. Far too long, yes. Well then, she stands to her feet and climbs her head, picks up her brass chatterbox, pockets it. We did ask her to keep the other ones, right? Yes. 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 Okay. We have three now. <laughs> yeah, because I had one written on my sheet. <laughs> That's fine. I think I've given all of you a great deal to think about. Mm. You have indeed. Until tomorrow then. She inclines her head, turns, and makes her way off. All right. Well, too many people after the throne. That's what I think. Bunch of power-hungry chirps. I'm just glad it's no one I like or no. Personally. <laughs> and most of them don't have extensive military might, which is but also most good. Most of them are absolutely awful. Yes. yes. We do have to play this very carefully, though. The wrong way and everything just sort of falls apart, doesn't it? It's like a... Oh, gosh. Why is my brain not working? I was thinking of the king. card. <laughs> king! My king! <laughs> no. It's very much like a house of cards. Delicate mm. and one wrong move and the whole thing will collapse. True. I've built many on my off hours. I actually have a set of playing cards I keep with me all the time. So, <laughs> so I suppose then. I'm going to guess you're all going to rest up for the evening because yep. it sounds like you have a busy day ahead of you tomorrow. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. So you all turn in for the night. Heads racing. Probably writing some more letters to your... If not your family, then to your estate, basically saying, mm. hey, look, I'm probably going to be tied up with this for a while. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I will allow I'll allow no knowledge and nobility from the party. Okay. And a 15 for a 23. Uh, Cornelius rolls a 14 for a 24. Quinn rolls a 3 for a 16. Mm. 
Uh, Felix got a 15 for a 25. And Oliver rolls a 7 for a 19. This might not occur as much to uh, to Oliver, or Gwen for that matter. However, I will go ahead and give this to uh, Cornelius, who uh, I guess is well-read. Verity, who has the, the training of a knight of a soldier. And Felix, uh, mostly because, again, you run a, uh, a vineyard. Uh, doesn't occur as much to Oliver, despite the fact that he's a soldier, just because he's used to manning his station eternally in uh, mm. White March. We are the wall, that sort of thing. Yeah. You do have one advantage right now, uh, as far as the military might of Pytherius is concerned. And that is the fact that you are currently at the tail end of the month of Artis. Ah. Next month is the beginning of the harvest season and fall. And then after that, you roll into winter. No one wants to march an army in winter. No. If there was going to be an organized military campaign that Pytherius was planning on doing, he would likely wait until the spring. Mm. Okay. So we kind of so have it until gives spring. Us some time to work with. I don't know why Cornelius knows that. He likes to read some military history books maybe every once in a while or something uh, like yeah, that. Yeah, I, mm. I now have knowledge in every, uh, a point in every knowledge skill, so. He's a polymath. Yep. And again, I'm, I'm sure it's probably in the back of Felix's mind when she writes her letter that she's like, I'm sorry that I'm going to be here instead oh, of yeah. back in the vineyard. Yep. But for Verity, is that like you don't, you don't war in winter. Yeah. You just don't do it. Um, and especially if you're trying to mobilize a large military force, especially if you're looking at calling in your vassals and all the rest of that stuff, you're looking at pulling people off of farms, which means starvation. And if Pytherius loves Taldor as much as it actually seems that he does, while he may consider a military option, he wouldn't want the common people to starve, let alone weaken Taldor so much that any of her enemies could take advantage. Right. Mm. So as it stands right now, you might have a good solid five or six months before everything goes down. Because it's time to prepare. militarily. At least militarily, yes. Yeah, yeah true. Everything's already kind of gone to politically, but... Yeah. Almost every one of you can think of somebody that's an enemy to your own house that might try to take advantage of this situation. Mm-hmm. Because, like, yeah, someone might not be willing to attack the Corsinas normally, but if this is the case where the Corsinas can't reach out and just go, remember, we were a grand family and contact the Taldang Phalanx or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or contact the Emperor and have the Emperor dispatch troops. Mm. People might just start going, eh, okay. Not to mention uh, the sheer amount of banditry that may follow if the national infrastructure falls apart. Yeah. It's already a problem, but it could be a big problem. So mm. Verity was like, I kind of just want to go take care of business in Tandak and get rid of Vort and that whole situation. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me real quick. I'm going to go do a quick assassination of some yokel. Actually, well, you wouldn't even have to go to Tandak because the dude's in freaking Obara. It's more yeah. just switching. <laughs> it's not killing. It's switching his allegiance by intimidation or diplomacy or whatever. That's fair. <laughs> if he's just a foppish noble, he probably just wants money or something. Oh, my. <laughs> but I imagine all of you rest for the evening. You know, ideas of this dancing around in your heads. Write your letters off to your family. Just go, hey, I won't be home for Christmas. Month. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I believe in you, 18-year-old. You can run the house. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine you all awaken the next day. I can only assume there's probably a moment for each of you where where you get up, brush your teeth, brush out your hair, do it up in a do for those of you that do. You know, pull all out the beard, us. the beard brush for the for the gentleman to make sure that beard looks nice. Turn back around and then look at, with the exception of Cornelius, look at your armor laid out or your noble attire laid out and mm. decide how you're dressing today. Meanwhile, Cornelius just has two two outfits side by side. Uh, Verity no longer clothes. wears armor, so aside from having bracers on, I'm wearing my noble okay. outfit. Yeah. 
And they're very nice, like gold filigree bracers, you know? Mm. I mean, if you're rocking light armor, it doesn't matter at all. Oh, well, usually I am, but I actually don't wear armor yeah, at all. So I think Gwen's the only one that has to make the decision. Yeah, as I was gonna say, because Felix is going to wear her cleric robes. <laughs> I guess Gwen will put on the noble's outfit and not be very happy about it, but, you know. <laughs> I'm bringing my sword. Yeah, she is bringing her sword. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can bring your weapons. Yeah, oh, yeah this talking. isn't the Senate rules. It's just yeah. the only difference is whether or not you're wearing his pants. her fancy like new a... magic bastard sword, mm. even. No, yeah, nice. Oh, very nice. So, stepping downstairs, you all enjoy a breakfast together, dressed in your nice clothing. Maybe even a little tense. You're like, I don't have to go give a speech, but uh, the last time I went to a soiree, things turned very poorly, <laughs> very quickly. Mm-hmm. Eventually, though, I imagine you get up, you set out, you make your way through the city streets of Opara from the. Uh, the silent horse in Lionsgate here, making your way back through the city streets to cross back over the bridge, uh, back by the Lazy Lion Cafe, where you were previously, uh, back past the Gilded Griffin, uh, where you believe that both Martella as well as Marilla are still saying. I just want to stop by there to see the, the guy so he knows that we look nice again. <laughs> Not that we will. It's just one of those things. Do you like, actually, I think we're about like 15 minutes early. You want to stop by, get a quick glass? Yes, just so that you can be proud of us again. Yes. He's very proud. He gives all of you that appraising, that nod. <laughs> Eventually, though, you make your way and arrive at the base of the stairs leading up to the Senate building. Again, it's been a couple of days now, but that doesn't change the fact that you were nearly murdered in this building. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple times. You reach the uh, the base of the stairs leading up to the Senate building. The wide stairs here with the phalanx guards still standing before the steps. As you approach closer to it, you can see, uh, you know, the day is beautiful. The temperature's just right. It's that comfortable, like, right between about 68 and 70 degrees. A little chill when the wind comes in off the ocean, um, or off the river, but still, nice. The sun casts this beautiful glow over everything here, and if it weren't for your knowledge of the travesty that had happened, uh, the cleanup that you think is likely still going on inside of the Senate building, it would look pristine. Just this glowing beacon of white marble on the hill. There are hundreds of people here. Many of these are the common people, although there are some noble carriages that roll their way forward. Uh, And of course, the phalanx is here in, you would say, in force. (laughs) <laughs> Enough yeah. so that they can easily separate the uh, the nobles from the, the common folk. Um, so if you wish, you could easily push your way forward to the front where the nobility are. I'm kind of curious what the commoners are thinking. Hmm? It's up to you where you want to stand. I'll stand on the commoner side of that line, but like not super far into the commoners. Okay. Gwen will make her way forward into the noble section just because that's probably where Martella is going to be looking for them later. I think Cornelius will go with uh, Gwen there. Felix will probably go with Verity, actually, because I get a bonus for diplomacy with commoners. Hmm. I'll head up toward the front. I would like to be toward the front for the speech. <laughs> Ross is like, I remember the last time I was some distance away when <laughs> there was a speech going on. Yeah, <laughs> I want to be closer to the melee. I want to hit them with my spear. <laughs> Love you, coach. <laughs> I keep an eye on the, the, the bee area. <laughs> <laughs> we still have that stick of incense or whatever. I mean, that, that's Probably. way up on top of Senate Hill. That's like, you know. You have to lob that thing pretty far for that to work. Just in case. Citizens of Taldor from every walk of life are here. Nobles and merchants and commoners. Everything from high nobility. In fact, I think you see some delegations of a few of the Grand Dukes here. Hmm. 
And then in the commoner section, you see people with dirty-nosed children propped up on their shoulders, waiting to get a look and see it, who might be whatever figure might be here, uh, Utropia, at the very least, um, and hear her words. As it approaches noon, for those of you who have stepped a little bit further ahead, you can see that a podium has been set up. Um, a small platform and temporary platform and podium has been set up here uh, to allow for someone to be more easily seen over the crowd. You all settle in as the murmurs of anticipation, the whispers of speculation ripple through the crowd. There's this general air of almost this pregnant pause waiting as everyone stares ahead. Just before the princess goes up, there's this uh, murmur, this ripple of uh, words, whistles, some applause that comes from the back of the crowd as a group of some 12 fully armored knights of the Taldane horse ride forward, at the head of which, ah. bedecked in a beautiful suit of full plate mail with a helmet that were the visor down would resemble the starling visage of a lion, is the towering figure of the High Strategos Maxilar Pytherius. This guy wasn't such a jerk. He would be kind of cool. <laughs> but unfortunately, he rides through the crowd um, that just kind of part before him. He doesn't trample over anyone. He just rides forward <laughs> um, as everyone kind of steps aside, gets out of the way as he makes his way towards uh, the four of the crowd. He dismounts, although, and hands the reins off to his, uh, his second, his squire. The rest of the Taldane horse stays mounted and split into two groups of five that kind of flank out and join the Taldane phalanx uh, facing towards the crowd at the base of the steps of the Senate. Can I edge closer to where he's standing? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing stopping you. Yeah, I'd like to get pretty much as close to him as I can. Like, if I can stand right next to him, I will. <laughs> Probably not right next to him. Um, there's a big horse there. Yeah. But... <laughs> when hops but on the horse. <laughs> there's no trumpet no fanfare it honestly it feels like the exact opposite of when the grand prince arrived at the senate building yeah because that was extra because that mm. was rolling out carpet and 100 soldiers lined up and all the mm -hmm. rest of this instead princess utopia makes her way forward a small group of Ulfengard stand nearby four in total because technically those were assigned at the uh, before the Grand Prince died, and then the Grand Prince died, and they will continue following their orders until they receive orders from the Grand Prince. All right. So, hey, she's got that at least. As she comes into view, there is applaud from the gathered people here. For some, it seems to be hesitant. There seems to be kind of a, a proximity effect, mm. wherein it is much louder the further it is away from Maxilar Pytherius. Mm. <laughs> That being said, there's a fair amount of uh, applauding and cheers. Uh, for those of you back in the, the comments section, um, you can hear a couple of, uh, you know, hissed conversations, a few glances in her directions, mistrustful glances in the direction hmm. of the princess. In a beautiful green dress, uh, wearing a cloak of brilliant blue, as she steps forward and makes her way onto the platform. The princess is not a short woman. That being said, for those of you back in the comments section, even standing on this platform with the podium, it's somewhat difficult to see her. And of course, there's no PA system, so uh, everyone falls very quiet so that they mm -hmm. can hear the princess as she reaches the stage. Silence falls. You can see her glance. You would say confidently, but taking a moment as if to collect herself. You notice that beyond the green that she wears, beyond the, the blue, for those of you in the noble section, those of you closer, you can see that while it is not obscuring her face, 
she wears pushed back a black veil, which covers the top of her head. Mm. You can only assume in mourning for her father. Sons and daughters of Taldor, I come to you today not as a princess, but as a fellow citizen of our beloved Taldor, united with you in grief and shock at the horrendous events that have shaken our nation. The senseless exultation massacre, the death of our grand prince, my father, and so many esteemed senators is a tragedy that strikes deep into the heart of our nation. As we mourn, we must also rise above the ashes, united towards a brighter future. There's a smattering of applause from the front. There are those of us lost in uncertainty today, and we all have questions, but we should not let confusion and fear divide us. I am as bewildered and saddened as you all by these violent events, but now is a time for unity, not baseless accusations, not division. I know that there are those who doubt my eligibility for the throne, even to the point of denying the existence of the vote against primogeniture. You hear a couple confused, those of you in the noble section hear a couple confused murmurs, but those of you back in the common section hear a number of murmurs of assent, as if it's like, well, yeah, I'd heard that the vote didn't even actually happen, mm. or that they were, or that the vote actually turned out the other way and they'd mm, voted against overturning it. The princess raises a hand. The vote overturning primogeniture recognized my rightful inheritance to my father's throne. There are those who fear me. She turns to nearly look directly in the direction of Pytherius, but not oh. directly at him. Get her. They fear me for what I represent. Change and progress. A step away from the patriarchy that has guided Taldor for so long. A step towards bringing Taldor out of the stagnation of its past and into a shining future. I do not stand before you claiming to be the best candidate, but I stand firm in my conviction that General Pytherius is not. Ooh. There is a Ooh. murmur and Ooh. a number of people glancing Ooh, back and forth. She just called him out on the floor. Yeah, what's his reaction? When you can see like everyone takes like a half step away. The general stands there with just a steel-faced expression of a soldier standing at attention. His thirst for war his desire to resurrect the past will only lead us back into endless conflict and regress our beloved Taldor. I will not let our country be led back to bloodshed and division. Taldor, our beloved Taldor, has a history that we cannot ignore. We carry the weight of past misdeeds, the suffering inflicted on the native Kelids, the expulsion of the Serenites, the oppression and exploitation of the lower class, the rigid gender roles that we have enforced. These are not legacies that we should be proud of, but they are realities of our past, one that we must acknowledge and learn from. It is my hope, my mission, to ensure that we do not repeat these mistakes. I wish to lead Taldor into a future of peace, respect, and unity, one where every citizen, irrespective of their gender, faith, or heritage, is valued and celebrated. I want Taldor to be a nation that stands tall, not because it wields power through force, but because it upholds the principles of fairness, justice, and equity. My vision is for us to move away from isolation and forge partnerships that promote peace and understanding, mutual prosperity 
for all the nations of the inner sea. I stand before you today, not to declare myself as your ruler, but to offer my hand in guiding Taldor into this new era. I may not have all the answers, but I promise you that I will lead with compassion, fairness, and an unwavering commitment to our nation. And I am not asking for you to blindly accept me as your leader, but instead to join me on this journey to shape a future that is brighter, safer, and more inclusive for all. Taldor will rise from these ashes, stronger and more united than ever before. Let us make that dream our reality. There is a round of applause that yeah, goes sure, up from sure. the crowd. Yeah. Uh, much quieter near Pytherius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The princess steps forward. Um, the crowd, there's kind of that slow upswell where it starts out as a spattering and then people are like, yeah, that does actually sound pretty good. You know, mm -hmm. measured by the uh, by the quality of the individual and not by their station. And there's a fair number of people cheering, uh, even in the noble section. Mm. Although it's much more of the uh, the plight golf club. Yeah. <laughs> Huzzah! Huzzah! <laughs> good speech, good speech, old chap. Gwen. Uh huh. Pythereus removes his helmet. Oh god, oh, he's right, gonna he's get a helmet. Hands it over to his squire. I was thought for a second, I thought you said it was going to be like, hands it to me. And Take I'm like, run. hands it to you. <laughs> and you're like, detect magic. <laughs> Take this helmet and let you breathe underwater. <laughs> Thanks. The man steps forward, makes his way over to the base of the platform. The crowd begins to hush somewhat. There's still a muttered thing. Some people craning their neck to see as he's standing at ground level. There's a moment as he's looking up and all of you can tell although without a feat that gives you lip reading, not read their lips as they exchange a brief few words. Mm. The princess inclines her head as the high stratego circles around and steps up onto the platform. He's like, you could just marry me. And she's like, nah. <laughs> I like to think that's what Verity thinks. It's that's like, what Verity thinks. She plays I mean, that out the thing. in We her can head. all put whatever we want in yep. there. Yeah. The man steps forward. The crowd falls mostly silent, although with his booming voice, you imagine even if some people were shouting, you could still clearly hear the general. The princess gives a rousing speech. I am normally a man of few words. However, on this occasion, I must share my thoughts. The princess says she does not stand before you as a princess today. So let me set aside my banners and accolades and say that I am not just a soldier, but a son of this great nation, a proud Taldane, ready to restore our lost glory. She is right. Today we stand amid the ashes of the Exaltation Massacre that has left us bereft and heartbroken. And yet, in these dire times, we must rise and forge our way forward. The throne of Taldor is contested. Princess Utropia, presents her claim. I respect the princess for her love and compassion for Taldor, a compassion that I share. Yet I strongly believe that love and compassion alone are not sufficient to lead our nation. Taldor needs a leader who understands the importance of tradition, who respects the tried and tested values that have guided our nation for centuries in our pursuit of progress. We should not so hastily abandon our roots. Indeed, 
Our strength lies in the indomitable spirit of Taldor, our heritage, our culture, our traditions. The princess suggests that I wish to drag Taldor back into the age of conflicts and war. There's kind of a murmur that goes through the noble circles at the front of, yeah? Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. That's pretty much what We've you've been saying. We've all you talk about this. She's not wrong. <laughs> if he just comes out and says, I am going to do that, that would be intense. <laughs> it is not conflict I seek, but protection. Uh. Taldor has expanded its horizons, invested in foreign lands, and built new partnerships. It is essential that we safeguard these investments, these relationships, oh, wow. and for that, a strong military presence is vital. I believe in Taldor and its potential to reclaim the glory it once had. It is our responsibility, he slams his fist into the podium, as the descendants of Aslan to bring stability and civilization to the inner sea under Taldor's rule. Wow. We are not conquerors, but custodians oh, guiding no. the world into a brighter future. Wow. My oh, critics God. call me a traditionalist, even regressive. I call myself a realist. I am a military man, and so I understand the value of order, of everyone knowing their rank, their place in our society. Ew. It is not exclusion that I advocate, but harmony. A harmony built on respect of our traditional societal structure. I believe that our prosperity lies in maintaining the balance in everyone contributing to our society in the roles that they are best fit for. <laughs> it is not an attempt to repress, but a strategy to optimize, to ensure that Taldor functions smoothly efficiently. I do not stand before you claiming that I am perfect. Like any of you, I am mortal, flawed. Yet my flaws do not undermine my commitment to Taldor, my strong belief in our nation, my experience on the battlefield, and my dedication to our people is what I bring to the throne. I invite you to reflect on what Taldor truly means to you today. Is it merely a land? Or is it a culture, a heritage, a way of life? Do we abandon our roots in the name of progress, or do we hold to our identity, preserving it for future generations? I extend my hand to you. He gestures out with a hand. Together, we can return Taldor to its days of glory. Together, we can rebuild our society on the foundation of our traditions. Together, we can ensure a future where Taldor stands tall, not just in power, but in spirit, culture, identity. Together, let us reclaim our heritage. Together, let us reclaim our honor. Together, let us rebuild our nation, brick by brick, driven by common purpose, guided by unwavering resolve. Taldor will rise, strong and glorious. Together, let us ensure it. Stand with me, citizens of Taldor, and we will usher in a new era of strength and glory. There's a smattering applause from the commoners. Yeah. 
you know who really had the worst end of the stick back in the day? Commoners, right? I was going right? to say, I was gonna say yeah. your policy does not in any way improve the common folk. That being said, the nobility do seem to start well, going the... the oh, yeah, we, we could reclaim our previous <laughs> glory. Because they're the ones who would actually benefit from all of the economic improvements. Yes, exactly. Wouldn't it be great if we sent all of our armies away while we hung out in our castles? Wouldn't it be great if they brought back all this loot and we just got to take it? Yeah. Oliver probably doesn't notice his knuckles are popping, but they do. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you suck. <laughs> the high strategos turns, makes his way to the base of the stairs in the back. Go ahead and give me a perception roll from the party. Oh, oh boy. my gosh, <laughs> this <right>. guy. <laughs> I got it too. I'm distracted. I roll a three for a five. Gwen rolls a 12 for a 19. There we go. Uh, Felix got an 11 for a 22. And Oliver rolled a 10 for a 10. Okay. Gwen is the only one to note. Uh, unfortunately, Felix is taking a penalty since she's way back in the, the back. Yeah. Pytherius mm. stops. Says something to Utropia. There's a momentary expression on her face that you're not quite certain what it is. It kind of looks like surprise. The man nods turns from her and makes his way back over towards you because you're near his horse. Not because he recognized you. He takes his helmet, places it on, mounts back atop his horse. As he turns, his squire comes up, mounts up next to him, brings up the uh, the banner, the flag of Taldor. And the people uh, you know, let out a cheer and clap as he and the Taldane horse ride back out. Uh, turning not back north the direction they came from, but south, as if heading in the direction of the Grand Bridge of the Empire, mm. heading south out of the city of Opara. Mm. Following the speeches, there is a lot of discussion. A lot of, uh, I really like what Utropia said, but man, that Pytherius delivers a speech. Together. He's so pretty. <laughs> but the whole <laughs> but time he stole you can so many together, of her moves I'm just out of like, speech. together. <laughs> Well, remember, speeches are 70% how you sound, 20% mm -hmm. how you say it. Yep. It's only 10% what you actually say. Yep. After some time, you all sit back, have this kind of, have a moment to have a bit of a conversation. I imagine you all gather back together at the uh, the edge of the crowd. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. yeah. Well, that was uncomfortable. I despise that man. <laughs> the problem is his method of delivery, shall we say, could appeal to any number of people's Foolish enough to believe that they're the ones who would benefit from his actions. So the nobility, because the commoners aren't going to benefit from anything he's doing. They're the ones that are going to die. However, some of them did applaud him because they think that they might actually benefit. Well, the reality is nobles will benefit. Nobles absolutely will benefit, I yes. suppose. Mm. Maybe it's getting back lands that were lost or gaining new territory or economic incentives. Of course we'll benefit. It's said uh, Eutropia's speech was amazing. I mean, she had my vote, of course. Of course. <laughs> Hopefully it was enough to sway some opinions. Wish Pytherius so. hadn't been here at all. Well, Why was he here? Exactly what he did. He was here to disrupt. But she allowed him to speak. Well, it's not like she could have stopped him. Well, How would it have looked? I so he makes so. a big grand speech and then leaves the city and has his moment or whatever. Hmm. I wonder if he truly will leave the city. He probably will for now. They're headed towards the south gate. Yes. Mm, but for how long? Long enough for him to muster his forces. 
However long that takes, I don't know. Well, he won't be marching any forces anywhere until after winter, I'm sure. Oh, that makes sense. Hadn't thought of that before. Well, and it's necessary to leave some forces at the border, so he can't amass everyone. No, but he's still going to get whoever he can, and in the meantime, the seat of his power is there. Hmm. It's a defensible location. The problem is, he does have the charisma of a leader. I imagine several of the other people will as well. He didn't get to be the head of the Talden Phalanx by collecting bottle caps, that's for sure. Exactly. Mm. A man in his position is part soldier, part politician. Precisely. Tough opponent, but I'm willing to fight him, one way or another. We have no choice, we must. (laughs) For it's the right thing to do. As Martella said last time, we technically do. We could all just Mm. go home, wait for this whole thing to blow over. If you could live with yourself. I couldn't live with myself, no. Exactly. So you really don't have a choice if your conscience demands it. It's still very early on. I think Eutropia made a good starting move. But I feel this is going to be a very long king match. Mm. Yes, we need to find a way to put weight behind her words. Exactly. Well, and based on the reaction of some in the crowd, there seems to be quite a fair bit of misinformation going around. Yes, because oh, certainly. that will be important. In the short term, it may be necessary to correct some of the errors in people's thinking. That proves more difficult. True. A person is smart enough to convince. People en masse are rather stupid. These are things that spymaster types like our friend should be better at manipulating, right? Rumors <laughs> and disinformation and whatnot, isn't that... If it helps, I can stand on a street corner and just yell the truth. I feel like we are much too blunt. I don't think that we are the right people for that sort of a, of a mission. I'll wear a signboard and everything. I think people would just find you to be um, insane, <laughs> to put it <laughs> I mean, they're not entirely wrong, but... Uh... Well, Noble with a signboard is just um, in poor taste. All right, fine. My cunning plan won't work then, I'm gathering. Mm. After some time, you watch the crowds come and go. People having their discussion. Again, it seems people were uh, were kind of divided, and you don't know whether or not those people that were divided when they showed up are any less divided mm. <laughs> now. Or if they're just more entrenched in their already pre-existing stances. Yeah. Mm. Eventually, though, Martella comes over and joins a lot of you. Uh, she's wearing a rather fine dress today, and not her uh, her armored ensemble that you saw her in the day before. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. That was quite the display. Yes. Indeed. Yes. He's a treat, isn't he? Did you know that he was going to be here today? It was unlikely that he wouldn't, we assumed. Fair. We also assumed that he would probably want to give a speech, and Eutropia had already decided that he should be allowed his chance. Hmm. It would be rude to refuse him. True, True, but it would have been funny. (laughs) Well, for at least some of us. Well, he would have just gone 50 feet away and had his own rally, I suppose. If I'm being perfectly honest, we would rather he do that standing on the podium than instead of being allowed onto the podium, just mount onto his horse and trot through the crowd, dramatically extolling. I think we got our point across to the people that were listening. I hope so. And to the people that were watching, I think we've got further points across. Eutropia doesn't silence her opponents. Everyone should be allowed a chance to speak. And, and to our favor, Pytherius is not being subtle with his objectives. No, he is not a subtle man. <laughs> Clever. Strategic. I think he realizes that he cannot win on the... He can't win on the front of charisma against Utropia. And he can't come across as being a kindler, gentler candidate. No. Compared to her. 
So he will go for the other group. Did she tell you what he said when he was leaving? She didn't mention anything to me. He said something to her. She looked rather surprised. Maybe he was polite. (laughs) (laughs) He said a nice thing, like good speech or something. He's capable of that. Jokes aside, yes, he is capable of such. Well, I suppose we should get going. Yes, I think we should. The princess has gone ahead, but we'll follow. She leads you out of the crowd here and to a carriage. Suppose all of you uh, climb in comfortably. Mm-hmm. Take a short carriage ride. This takes you south through the Senate Hill. Uh, south down past, uh, basically down towards uh, the Seven Towers district, but more specifically towards Arden's View. Arden's View stands atop the literal highest hill in the city. It's a small district, but one with great cultural importance. Even taking into account that it is surrounded by a city full of Taldane touchstones. It holds some of the oldest buildings in all of Taldor, some of which even survived the destruction wrought by the Tarask, or so their owners claim, uh, thousands of years ago when the <laughs> when the beasts of Rovagog tore through this nation before swimming across the ocean and going to wreck face over in Osirian. Huh. What? And there's no way to verify that, so sure, <laughs> why this not? This rock was stepped on by the Tarask once. <laughs> this district, however, is also one of the most beautiful sites in Opara, with extravagant gardens filled with rare flowers and other flora, tree-lined avenues perfect for, um, prom- I've never seen that word before in my life. What is this word? <laughs> promenading. I've never seen ah, it as a- oh, promenading, yes. I've never seen promenade used in a promenading. Take a leisurely public walk, ride, or drive as to be met or seen by others. Wow, I've yep. never- Heard that word before. That's what they, that's what uh, people used to do back in like Victorian. That was England. like an they activity. Up, they, yeah, they would literally just go take a walk and dress in their finery to be seen by people. All right, fair enough. Uh, tree-lined avenues, perfect for promenading in the latest fashions, and massive villas uh, carefully arranged to take advantage of the breathtaking views the district provides for its privileged residents. While you're heading over here, you pass by the uh, Basilica of the Last Man. It is a, a very large and very important structure. It's actually the oldest temple mm. of Aridin in the entirety of the Inner Sea. And the only still functioning Temple of Aridin, okay. in that they still hold services. I, I was going to say, f- define functioning. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, it's still I wouldn't go there for and, healing magic, but yeah. they do still hold services. There's, there's a couple of, uh, of clerics who haven't gone mad yet. Yeah. There or might be a, like an oracle or two. Funny enough, yeah. there's actually, sorry, it's completely side tangent. Um, there's a venerable half-elf ex-cleric of Aridin that mm. runs the temple. Wowzers. That was alive and was worshipping Aridin before Aridin died. <laughs> cool. And still wow. running the temple here. However, you are led through here, past this massive, uh, beautiful temple, through the these overblown, phenomenal locations here, to eventually arrive at a small townhouse. Uh, you think, honestly, the smallest townhouse that you have seen in this place. Hmm. The carriage pulls up front. The driver helps all of you step down, step out. Ahead of you, you can see the, the beautiful little townhouse. You're led up the Kelpestone Walk before... Martella knocks on the door. A footman answers the door, bows all of you in, takes your cloaks and hats. He then leads you through the main hall to a staircase which ascends up to a second level. Here, you're brought into a small library. Mm. The room is not large, but comfortable. A small fireplace sits off towards the side, giving the room this uh, cozy, warm atmosphere and the scent of freshly poured warm tea fills the room. 
bay windows stand on the far side overlooking the front, providing a beautiful view of the Senate Hill of the Imperial Palace of the heart of Taldor. Eutropia sits in another green dress in a chair by the fireplace. She gives you a smile. However, you can barely enter the room before a, uh, a friendly catch dog trots uh, his way over. <laughs> Doggy! Um, this Doggy. large, large brown dog comes trotting over, <laughs> its whip-like tail wagging viciously around it, flailing about, kind of sniffs all of you, uh, takes a couple of seconds to eye each of you before turning, trotting back over, seemingly satisfied that you're good people, <laughs> before sitting down at attention next to the princess. My God, she has a house pony. He's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Who sets her tea off towards the side, stands to her feet, and smiles. He'll pick it up here next time. Yay! Oh man! She's a reunion! Yay! Reunion? Reunited at last. <clears throat> it's the good kind of reunion, not that, you know, Final Fantasy VII kind of reunion. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't want, do not want. <laughs> but do I get yeah, to see guess... Sephiroth if we do the Final Fantasy VII type reunion? Because I'm okay with that. Nope, the only silver haired hottie around here is Pythereus. Yeah. <laughs> but his personality, though. Yeah. Mm. War. Yeah. Actually, Shepparoth was all war, too. But yeah, so you guys got to get to see both the candidates. I'm hoping that you think that you made the right choice. Uh, oh, yes. Um, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Clearly the better choice versus, um, yes, I'm nakedly going to go after wars to protect our investments. Mm. Oh. Are yes. you kidding me? That was uh, that was the line that I was like, I'm sorry, no, no. <laughs> the general I'm justification out. for colonialism. I yes. know. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. we're we're custodians of the world. Yes, with a little really? bit of that. What is it? Uh, it's not pat. It's not patronizing, but it's essentially treating other nations of people as though they need to be protected. Like mm-hmm. kind of patronizing, but yeah. Yeah, yes. there, there's a specific yeah. word for it, but I can't think of what it is. I don't know what that word is, but I do know Already. patrons, and I like our yep. patrons. Our yeah, patrons are like wonderful. Yes, yeah, our awesome. patrons are great. Yeah. They are we phenomenal. Have good patrons. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you to our patrons, of course, for their continued support. Mm-hmm. Thanks to the patrons, I had time to sit there. And uh, funny enough, those speeches weren't actually in the book. I wrote them myself. I figured, oh, I was yeah. like, they're too long mm. that they would never have put those in the book. But yeah, I did want to take an opportunity to thank our patrons for their continued support. Uh, it is because of you that we can have these, uh, these amazing set pieces that only exist in your mind. But... <laughs> um, they are amazing set pieces where we can have ponies show up and all the rest of that. <laughs> Little dog mini si- pony or pony-sized dogs. Pony-sized dogs. And I did want to take yeah. an opportunity to, of course, thank our patrons and thank a couple of them by name. So uh, I'll go ahead and start that off and thank David Gibb. Thank you, David, for your uh, your continued support. Appreciate thank it. You, thank you, David. Uh, and I'd like to thank Ethan Campbell. Thanks, Ethan. Thanks, Ethan. Thank you, Ethan. Appreciate thank Ethan. You. Yay. And I, I would like Ethan. to thank Carl Yantis. Thanks, Carl, with a Thank Y. Thank you, Carl. Yantis. Oh, yeah. I've never seen that before. All right, Carl. Yeah. Nice. Thank Carl you, with a Carl. Y. Thank you. I would like to thank Duncan Bartlett. I almost said Bartlett, but there's not a T in there. It's Bartlett. <laughs> Thank, right, you, there Thank, Thank you, Duncan. Thank you, Duncan. Duncan Bartlett you. Sounds, it sounds like a very strong, like, Scott-Irish name. Yeah. True. Duncan yeah, Bartlett. Probably. Uh, and I would like to thank Nicholas Rail. All right. yep. Thank you, Nicholas. Thank you, Nicholas. And I would like to go ahead and thank Cy J. Hodgkins. So appreciate the help, Cy. Yeah. Thank you, Cy. Thank you, Cy. Thanks, Cy. Awesome. Really appreciate all of your continued support. I mean, to be perfectly honest, the, the reason that we are able to continue to do this is because of uh, patrons like you. If you would like to become a patron of ours, uh, you may do so by going to our Patreon. You can find it at Patreon backslash find-path, I believe it is. Uh, find the path. Uh, Just find the path. Find the path. path. Find yeah. the path. Yes, sorry. I sometimes get that confused with our website. Mm because of reasons. Uh, but <laughs> patreon.com backslash find the path. 
Uh, or you can, of course, just click on the little link down in the description of this episode, and it'll take you directly there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you'd like to support us through other means, however, you can, of course, do so. Uh, we do always like when we see people give us uh, reviews on any of your podcast catchers, Podcast Addict or Spotify or whatever it is you use. Uh, in particular, for those of you who use uh, Apple Podcasts uh, or iTunes or anything like that, giving us reviews on theirs really helps with the metrics and numbers. So uh, if you are one of those Apple users, didn't know why one I said that. One of those like Apple users. <laughs> if you are you an know, Apple user, half however. Of the mobile population. <laughs> yeah. If you're part of the half of the mobile population that are Apple users, you can just clearly, clearly tell that. we're an Android like... bunch. <laughs> <laughs> one of those people. Sorry, I've been playing a snooty person for all day. I, we are a mixed household. Thank you very much. Then, uh, yeah, if you could go on there and rate and review us, that would be phenomenal. It does a lot to help the podcast. Otherwise, just spreading the word is always great. Uh, if you like some uh, some awesome merch, we do have a merch store that you can find on our website, find-path.com backslash merch. No, merch.find-path.com. <laughs> it's an entire I'm other gonna, yeah, frickin' There's language. a link on our website. Go to our website. There's a link on our website. <laughs> go and check that out. If none of those appeal to you, just tell a friend. And maybe join our Discord. Yeah, join our and Discord. you can talk with other fans. Maybe play a game or two. Like us on Twitter. Absolutely. We technically have a Facebook account. I don't ever check it. But you can like us on Twitter. And uh, mm-hmm. I check that one periodically. Uh, and lastly, of course, we do want to take an opportunity to thank all of our Find the Path tier patrons, which do include Andrew Miller and her, Braden Worrell, Eric and Lisa Junker, Gary S., Ian Date, Jessica Vetterly, Jim C., Joshua Saldana, Kevin Etterfay, Lewis Ellis, Siren Roll. Teach and TJ Khan. Very cool. Siren thank you, everybody. Thank you, thank That's you, a new one. That's you. very cool. Thank you. I'm going to assume that it's roll because it's R O L L E. Assume it's still yeah, roll. Yeah, say roll. Or it might I think be roll. It's, roll too. Let's go with roll. <laughs> Correct us roll, if we've gotten it wrong. Unless there's a little accent mark, I think we're no. good. Yeah. And check back with us next time to uh, to finally get to that childhood reunion that we've been uh, working towards since we started this podcast. For- and, uh, 30 episodes for 30 for 30 episodes 31 episodes uh yes episode true. 32 unless uh you know we start this and then she just suddenly has a heart attack or something because that tea no, was cold the that, tea was well, that's gonna make, no no that's gonna put a real dent in our attempts to make her uh grand princess <laughs> that's when we turn to plan put oliver on the throne yeah. no, uh, no. Plan weekend at bernie's or <laughs> that's oh, when we God. start playing gnome for the throne <laughs> <laughs> I could get behind that one. Gnome for the Throne sounds like a great series. Gnome for the Throne. If Utopia's out, it's her. If we TPK, we come back as an all-gnome party trying to to do that. Uh, So find out what happens next time. And until next time, good luck, Pathfinders. Good luck, everybody. Good luck out there, everybody. Together. Gnome for the Throne is funny. But that would be an interesting one because we'd be like trying to get the throne for the gnome, but the gnome doesn't want the throne. Yes. But that, it's that whole classic thing of the person who doesn't want it is the person that should add yeah, it. So it's just a no which is why it needs to be Oliver. No, but no, it, like legitimately Oliver would be bad at it. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. War for the Crown is copyright 2018. War for the Crown and the Pathfinder Venture Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.